Chapter 20 of The Art of Stage Dancing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashley Jane. The Art of Stage Dancing by Ned Wayburn. Chapter 20 Ned Wayburn's Professional Stage Makeup. The Ned Wayburn courses teach every form of stage makeup for men as well as for women and for every known character part as well as the straight makeup for youth. To put all the expert professional makeup knowledge into this book would be to practically crowd out everything else or so enlarge the volume as to make it cumbersome. To avoid this and at the same time meet a strong public demand, I have in contemplation a book devoted exclusively to this important subject that shall post a world of waiting aspirants for stage honours in every detail of the art of correct makeup. Meanwhile, the subject has an important bearing on the art of stage dancing and so demands a prominent place in this present work. I have therefore chosen for demonstration here the one most popular stage makeup, which is that adapted to the use of the professional stage woman in every modern theatre, opera house and music hall, and am here giving it a complete and thorough exposition. In presenting this form of makeup thus prominently, I do not wish in any degree to convey the idea that men and male youth are ignored in our studio teaching of makeup, and that our sole concern is to make the young woman presentable on the stage. This is not the fact. We teach makeup to men as well as to women, and every correct form of the art. Do not confuse a stage makeup with the customary society makeup that milady applies in her boudoir they are two entirely different problems to make up correctly for the modern stage with its multiple lights of great intensity and all the colours of the rainbow requires special duty of yourself individually and a knowledge of what effects the various lighting schemes will produce on the human countenance Three ladies standing side by side on the same stage may require three different makeups depending upon their types in order to appear at their best to the audience. The brunette, the blonde, the auburn haired each need a different treatment, and if through ignorance or indifference any omits proper attention to a single item of the very important detail of her facial makeup, the result will be disastrous all of which emphasises the need of one's being properly taught on the start just how to make up in a manner to bring out one's personality, to enhance one's beauty and create the most pleasing appearance before her audience. We are now speaking, of course, of the woman who is to appear in a youthful part. Character makeup is an entirely different proposition with which we are not concerned here. It is impossible to get on the stage today without makeup. Should any actress try to do so, the appearance of her features would be almost deathlike. She would be repulsive to the eyes of the audience, a condition that neither she nor the producer of the show would tolerate. The very lights that render superbly beautiful the person with proper makeup 
caused the bare flesh to lose its natural tints, cast shadows under the brows and above the face, create hollows where they do not exist and are not wanted, and utterly destroy the pleasing picture. Makeup, then, is one of the first essentials to stage success, and it makes no difference how truly beautiful you may be in features and natural colouring off the stage. The fact persists. You must make up and make up right. But the uninstructed amateur, whose sole knowledge of makeup is confined to the boudoir, is very prone to overdo in her maiden attempts at stage makeup, and so disastrously decorate her face that under the unaccustomed and little understood lights of the theatre she appears hideous to the folks out in front. And this is especially true of the most beautiful type of women who think they know and don't. Anyone with regular features can learn to apply makeup so that on the stage she will be as prepossessing as her naturally more favoured sister woman. A beauty unadorned by facial makeup, or a beauty not properly made up, will be far outclassed in apparent beauty on the stage by the plainer woman who has mastered the art of makeup and knows how to apply it judiciously and correctly. It is all in knowing how, and the learning is not difficult. The professional actress will not fail to obtain personal instruction in this art from expert teachers, which is decidedly the best way. Pupils in our studios avail themselves on our classes and private lessons in makeup, and in doing this lay a foundation of invaluable knowledge that will continue with them through life. The aspirant or amateur who for personal reasons cannot come to our studios for this instruction will absorb much of value by a perusal and study of this chapter. For while it is not possible to advise an unseen person whose type you do not know with the same exactness as you could if she stood before you, there is much here that is general in its application to all types and the care we are taking to make our information broad enough to cover all these greatly simplifies matters for the absent students. There are two steps to a correct knowledge of your personal needs in the makeup art. First, what to use, and second, how to use it. I'm going to start you right on both of these steps. Any actress of experience will tell you that her most valuable stage possession is her makeup box. It contains the necessary tools of her trade, without which she would be helpless to carry on. It is to her what the brush and colours and palette are to the painter, the needle and thread to the seamstress, the hammer and saw and plane to the carpenter. Before you enter upon a stage career, supply yourself with a complete makeup box equipped with all the needed tools and ingredients for making up the part you are to assume. This is a necessary purchase and will prove one of the best paying investments you ever made. Ordinarily, a makeup box stocked with the best materials will cost about $12 and is not extravagantly expensive at that price. So many of our students sought our advice as to their purchases in this line, as they left our studios for the professional stage, that we fitted out a line of makeup boxes, completely stocked, for each complexion type, which we are selling to them over the counter at $9.50. The actual cost to us of each set is about eight cents more than we sell it for, plainly indicating an absence of grasping commercialism in our nature. 
for which we hope and expect due commendation. Buying expertly and in quantities has enabled us to get together this Ned Wayburn professional makeup box. Of the best stuff in the world for its purpose, some of the ingredients being made in America, others in Paris and others in Berlin. All standard goods and used every day in the year in every theatre of the civilised world and at the same time keep the cost to our students down below a $10 bill. We thank you. Now we are getting orders for our professional makeup box to be sent by mail and express to professionals and amateurs throughout this continent, and while we are glad to accommodate all who honour our own profession by their presence in it, please do not expect us to do so at cost. It is one thing to hand a box over the counter, and quite another to pack that box for shipment, so as to conform to established requirements by the government post office or the express companies. Prepay postage, insure it, and deliver it to the New York postal authorities. So we have put a price of $10.95 on this makeup outfit for parties who do not call for it in person at our studio, with postage extra according to the zone in which you reside if it goes by mail. We would rather send it by express and let you pay the charges for carriage at your end if it is all the same to you. The weight of the outfit packed for shipment is about £7. We insure it in transit at $10, which adds a few cents to its cost to you. It will save correspondence and disappointment of delay if when you order you tell us your age, sex, colour of hair, colour of eyes, colour of complexion, for what character you wish the makeup, youth, maturity, old age, advanced old age, or any of the possible character parts known to the stage, the nature of the play, whether for a large theatre or the more intimate small theatre or hall, if for moving pictures, which calls for a decidedly different makeup from all other stage work, and everything else bearing on this matter that you can think of. Always bear in mind when you order that each box is fitted for one type of person only and cannot be used indiscriminately by a brunette and a blonde and someone else who ranks between the two in colouring and type and that in consequence each must have a personal makeup box of her own. The Ned Wayburn professional makeup box for a straight stage makeup for a blonde youth suited to the use of a young woman with light hair, blue eyes and light complexion in musical comedy, light opera or any dancing or speaking part in the usual stage performance for presentation in a hall or theatre with modern stage lighting facilities is as followed. The box, art steel, about six and three-eighths of an inch wide by nine and a half inches long five inches high with handle and lock and key strongly made on purpose to stand the wear and tear of travel and dressing room handling and should last a lifetime have your name painted on it as soon as you get it to make it your very own it may be your frequent companion for many years one half pound tin of cold cream usually steins to which we give the preference since it is slightly less hard and contains a little more oil than most of the others this cold cream is the same for all types blonde brunette and the others one half pound tin of face powder steins number two 
brunettes would use Stein's number two and a half face powder. One glass jar moist rouge, Stein's medium. This medium lip rouge is suitable for blonde and brunette types. It is standard, can be brought anywhere, is always uniform and the colors run true. If you are ever in Chicago, visit Warnerson's. He specializes in lip rouge and makes a very good kind. One stick foundation grease paint, flesh. Stein's number two. For brunette, Stein's number three. This is the large stick. One stick grease paint, special blue lining color. Stein's number eleven for lining the eyes. One stick grease paint, carmine. Stein's number eighteen. Red foundation for both blondes and brunettes. One box mascaro, black, likeners number 60 for darkening the eyebrows. One package cosmetique, black, Roger and Gallet for beading the eyelashes. One box dry rouge, Dorin number 18. One pink velour powder pad, Gainsborough number 350. This is about the finest procurable is of large size so it will not fall in the powder box and scatter the contents. One black crayon pencil, 6B Venus, American Pencil Company, for putting shadows under the eyes. One dark blue pencil, Faber number 6625, for shading around the eyes. One orange wood stick, for applying beading to the eyelashes. One rabbit's foot, also called rouge paw. One baby brush with handle for blending, very necessary tool. Paper felt liners, one package to outline lips and to place red dots in the corners of the eyes. Cosmetic stove, Lockwoods, for heating cosmetique to bead the eyelashes. This stove is approved by fire insurance underwriters. It encloses a candle in a safe way and avoids the use of dangerous fuels in the dressing room. One mirror, six by eight inches in wood frame with metal support, will stand alone or serve as hand mirror. Strong clear glass, the best to be had for its purpose. This completes the list of contents in the Ned Wayburn Professional Makeup Box for a straight stage makeup for young ladies. For other types and different characterizations, the ingredients are changed to suit each case, while the price remains uniform. There is but one necessity for completing the makeup that is not included in the outfit as given, and this is liquid white, which comes in white or flesh. This is to be applied as a wash to exposed flesh not otherwise made up. It comes in liquid form only and can be purchased locally in any first-class drugstore. We know Surratt's make of liquid white to be good and there may be others. A towel, a cake of soap, a basin of water and a few yards of cheesecloth should be assembled before commencing makeup operations. A makeup is easiest applied while seated at a table with your materials spread out conveniently before you. If possible, elevate your mirror so that you can see the reflection of your features without the necessity of bending over. Always make up in incandescent light, never in daylight. When making up is a matter of daily routine, the clothing will become badly soiled in a short time if worn during the process. 
To save your costume, either wear a washable kimono over it, or better, don the kimono over undergarments and put on the costume after the makeup is applied. In private lessons at our studios, we teach all the required forms of stage makeup, taking every type of person that comes to us and developing each individually along such lines as the character or part demands. Men, women and youth come to us here for development of their correct makeup in private lessons. In our class instruction in this line of work, only the straight makeup for youth is presented, that being the one our young lady pupils find especially adapted to their stage needs. These special classes are held as occasion requires to meet the students' demands and are given in our own demi-tasse theatre, connected with the studios. Usually a demonstration is made with a blonde, a brunette and a redhead to show the class the different requirements of the different types. Following this demonstration, each member of the class puts on a makeup under the advice and constructive criticism of the teachers until thoroughly versed in the art as it applies to his or her own individual type. Since the reader of this may not be coming to us for either private or class lessons, we will describe the correct manner of applying makeup in simple language that will enable the distant aspirant to learn all that may be learned by reading without the presence of a personal teacher. You are now seated at your dressing table, your mirror at a convenient elevation in front of you and between two good lights your layout of tools and materials spread on a towel on the tabletop, a kimono or other garment spread over your person. Now take a strip of cheesecloth three or four inches wide and tie around the forehead, back of the ears and behind the neck, or one may use a close-fitting skull cap. Tuck in all straying locks. The idea, of course, to keep powder, grease paint and cold cream from getting into and soiling the hair. Now you are going to apply makeup. First stage, cold cream. Apply this liberally all over the face from the hairline to the upper part of the throat but not on the neck. Rub it in thoroughly to fill in all the pores of the skin. Be careful to cover all the space around the eyes. Also rub in on the eyelashes, using care to keep it out of the eyes for it will cause stinging. Greasing the eyelashes this way makes the removal of the makeup much easier. Now rub your face with a piece of cheesecloth until all the superfluous cold cream has disappeared. If the face shines too much, you have not removed enough of the cream. The surface should give the appearance of being well oiled, but not have a sticky, pasty or greasy surface. Second stage, foundation grease paint. The quality of your makeup depends upon this. It will be smooth or rough according to the way you develop it. Rub the end of the grease paint stick several times on each cheek, once across the chin, once or twice on the forehead and once down the nose. Use the ends of the fingers and pat this into place rather than rub it till it is thoroughly worked into all the surface you have just covered with the cold cream. Every pore must be filled with the grease paint. Do not apply it too thick, which would give the face a pasty, unnatural look. Do not forget underneath the chin. Do not apply it to the ears or behind them. Leave no streaks or neglected spots. Have it uniform all over. 
Blend the paint till the face has an even tone. Watch your mirror carefully. It is better to have the grease paint a little too thin on the face than too thick. But you will soon learn to get it just right, which is what you are aiming at. Third stage, under rouge, foundation red, Stein's number 18, carmine. Make a few dots with the carmine grease paint stick on each cheek and on the end of the chin. Use but little and blend it by patting with the first and second fingers of both hands rather than by rubbing. Begin well up against the nose. Go under and around the eyes and toward the temples, working it down below the ear and off the jaw in case there is a hollow in the lower part of the cheek. The colour should extend down on the cheek over on the temple and well up into the eye, patted and blended till no one can see where the red fades into the foundation. The chin is then blended in the same way, to leave no line between foundation colour and under rouge. If your chin is pointed, blend in front, not below, or it draws the chin way down. Put on a lighter makeup for a small intimate theatre and a heavier one for the large auditorium. Fourth stage, enlarging and beautifying the eyes. This is a very important detail of correct makeup and is indispensable on every well-lighted stage where even the most soulful orbs with long thick lashes will dwindle to half their size and have a faded dull appearance if not properly made up. It is essential that the two eyes match in every detail and to secure this result will require the taking of considerable pains and close study of your mirror. Stein's number 11 blue lining stick is for use by the blue eyed regardless of the colour of the hair or complexion. Stein's number 17 for the dark eyed. Titian haired folks use Stein's number 21 purple for the same purpose. With this grease paint stick of the colour suited to you, draw a line across the upper eyelid between the eyebrow and the eyelashes as close as possible to the lashes. With the fingers blend this line into a shadow, making it dark close to the upper lashes. Either pencil can be used for this purpose also. Do not get the shadow up to the eyebrows, but cover all the upper eyelid and a little beyond the eye at the outer corner. Use the Faber number 6625 blue pencil or Venus 6B black for shading under the eye. Draw a line with it directly under the eyelashes and with the fingers blend this into a shadow. Carried too far down, this blue suggests illness so be careful. The shadows thus placed above and below the eyes serve to outline them to the spectators in the theatre where otherwise the eyes would practically disappear and not be seen at all owing to the strong footlights. Fifth stage, fixing the makeup. Powder number two for blondes, number two and a half for brunettes. The creamy tints are for the dark skins, the flesh and delicate pinks for the fair ones. Press the powder first on the chin. It is feminine instinct to start with the nose, but let your start in this case begin with the jaw or chin. Don't rub it in. Pat it on thick till the underlying paint is fully covered up. The powder absorbs the grease. From the chin work upward, reaching the nose after the pad has lost some of its original load and the nose will not stare out so white on your face as it would if you began there first. Raise the eye and powder underneath. 
look down and powder the space beneath the eyebrow and eyelid sixth stage smoothing off and blending use the baby brush for this there is nothing else so good it is surprising in its results do not press the brush too hard on the face dust the surplus powder off carefully with a light touch to leave no streaks or patches anywhere if now the face has a greasy look you have not used sufficient powder seventh stage highlighting take some of your number eighteen dorin's dry rouge on the rabbit's foot and dust a very little on your cheeks do not press it down just tickle about the edges of the rouge to be sure it blends perfectly with the foundation if there is too much white about the nose dust it lightly with the rabbit's foot you can turn the paw around and blend with the end that is free of paint never show a white ear to the audience if ears come into style again as they will the lobe and rim should be made a healthy pink but not a strong red with the rabbit's foot eighth stage darkening the eyelashes and eyebrows use lichner's number sixty black mascaro dark brown for light blondes the lower lashes are better left without the treatment since they are almost certain to smear the face if treated and the shadow you have already placed there takes care of the lower lashes all that is necessary apply the mascaro to the upper lashes with the brush that comes with the mascaro or any fine brush will do start a delicate line on the edge of the eyelid at the outer corner of the eye let it curve slightly downward at the start this line should not exceed half an inch in length and is never carried beyond the eye socket. Do not make the line heavy nor longer. A very little mascaro must be brushed lightly onto the eyebrows, following the curve of the upper eyelid. Fix the eyebrows carefully about three quarters the size of the mouth using black or brown mascaro according to whether your type is dark or light. In this place we are going to tell you how to bead the eyelashes, but unless you are a professional actress and your part will be decidedly enhanced by having the eyes very much in evidence, we advise against your undertaking it. It is not a necessary stage in the makeup process, but it comes into the story of makeup naturally and we give it here for the benefit of those who may wish to make use of it. Beading the lashes consists in placing a small bead of cosmetique on the extreme tip of each lash. This is best done on the upper lashes only, leaving the lower ones free. The Lockwood Cosmetic Stove is a small affair that holds a piece of candle and a baby-sized frying pan or skillet and is one device for its purpose that has the approval of fire insurance companies and so will not be objected to by the theatre firemen. There are some heating devices that you are not permitted to use in any theatre, and persistence in their use after being once cautioned has caused arrest more than once. In this connection, many interesting true tales might be told of principal actors being taken bodily from the stage in the midst of a play and landed in the local jail, causing the curtain to be lowered and the audience dismissed. The stage fireman, assigned to every first-class theatre during a performance, has authority to enforce all ordinances intended to prevent fire and eliminate fire risk in playhouses, even to go to the extremity of arresting offenders against the public's safety. 
so be careful to use only a Lockwood cosmetic stove or some equally safe affair in your dressing room. You light the candle, place a small amount of Roger and Gallet black cosmetique in the little pan and heat it over the candle flame till melted. Take up some of this molten cosmetique on the flat end of your orange wood stick and apply it with a deft quick stroke to the upper lashes, painting each one separately and without clotting so that a little bead hangs to the tip of each upper lash. Use care not to drop any of the black on your makeup. The effect of this beading is to beautify the appearance of the actress by bringing out her eyes in a wonderful manner under the strongest of spotlights. Ninth stage red dots in the inner corners of the eye dip the paper felt liner in the moist lip rouge and with it make a tiny red dot in the extreme inner corner of each eye but on the lid not in the eye to space the eyes and make them look to be the distance of one eye apart keep these dots well away from the nose or they will tend to make you look cross-eyed from the front tenth stage rouging the lips Stein's Moist Lip Rouge Medium. If the lips are left their natural colour, the footlights bleach them white and colourless. Shape the upper lip into a cupid's bow and round out the lower lip. Dip the little finger into the rouge and press it tightly against the lips, being careful not to smear it. Open the mouth and draw the upper lip tightly over the teeth. When necessary, the upper lip can be shortened in appearance by blending and putting the cupid's bow a little higher. Do not put colour on the lips beyond the angle of the nose, otherwise it will make your mouth appear very large. A blonde should not apply the rouge full strength as it is too dark for her. The lips should not be heavily painted and the line about the edges should be soft and smooth. Eleventh stage. Finish with a little powder dusting the face very gently using a swan's down puff put a very little powder on the lines about the eyes but not enough to dull them now look in your mirror with critical eyes your handiwork should have resulted in a velvety soft yet rich complexion that will stand the strong lights of the modern theatre what you have just put on is known as a grease paint makeup there is also a cream makeup, so called, but it is less desirable for the modern professional stage. It fails to give the right effect for a real musical show with powerful lights. I have used both and do not hesitate to give this opinion based on my own experience. There is also a dry makeup with powder, known in theatrical parlance as a lazy makeup, suitable only for a dumb chorus girl who has no interest in her work, who comes in late and does not care whether she appears to advantage or not. To complete any makeup, apply liquid white with a soft sponge to the neck, chest, arms, and other exposed flesh that is not already made up. If, as in some of the modern refuse, the legs are not covered with stockings or tights, they too must have an application of liquid white. To look right, any flesh that is exposed must be made up because the lights bleach the exposed flesh, making it appear bloodless and giving one a gruesome, corpse-like colour. You are wise if in the matter of makeup you study your own face, experiment and note the results. When you are certain you have acquired the best for your own purpose, practice it often till you can put it on properly and always with the same result. Don't seek to look made up ever, but to look your best for the part you are playing always. 
If the makeup ingredients are in evidence to the audience, you have not created the proper illusion and must practice making up until you acquire skill. It usually takes about one half hour to put a good makeup on after you have perfected the process with your own features. Removing makeup. First remove the beads of cosmetic from the lashes. Then get rid of the little red spot in the inner corner of the eye. Work this toward the nose with cold cream. Then take plenty of cold cream on the fingers of both hands and massage the face thoroughly to soften the makeup all over. Wipe it off with cheesecloth or an old towel that you can throw away. Now wash the face with warm water and soap, dry thoroughly, apply a bit of powder and you are all ready to dress. Some makeup notes. You make up for the lights of the theatre, which nowadays are very strong and may come from many directions and in various colours. The switchboard controlling all the lights is in the first entrance of the stage and the electrician in charge has his plots and cues all carefully planned for each act. He does not throw lights on or off for the fun of it or at his pleasure, but exactly as carefully designed and mapped by the show's producing director. The front lights are those in the body of the house, as distinguished from the stage. On the stage we have the footlights in red, white and blue, a row of each, and overhead are the border lights in the same three colours. There is the first border, second, third, sometimes even seven border lights according to the size of the theatre stage. The spotlight is an arc light. It has usually a colour wheel that revolves so that either red, blue, straw, light straw or pink or any other colour may be projected onto the spot on the stage that is to illuminate and emphasise. There are dimmers for the footlights and the border lights. With these you can go from daylight effects to sunset to moonlight, dawn, etc. with gentle graduation. There are two kinds of moonlights on the stage. Number 29 blue in the spotlight gives a summer moonlight. Number 35 is best for a winter moonlight scene. Good gelatines, or mediums as they are called, are made by the Gelatine Products Company in Brooklyn or may be had from Kliegelbros, the New York Calcium Light Company, the Display Stage Lighting Company, all first-class concerns in New York City. Under strong blue lights, the under-rouge in the makeup will come to the surface, which is not desirable. So get to your dressing room and powder your makeup down if you are going to be under a blue light. The makeup will stand a white spotlight or a pale yellow, but will not look well under too much blue and never well under green. Put liquid white on with a soft sponge. Put this on only exposed flesh that is not otherwise made up, as the arms. Never put powder on the arms. It comes off on everything it touches. Liquid white is far preferable in every way. The baby brush for blending facial makeup is one of the most important tools in the makeup box. If you try to buy one in a small town, they will insist upon your buying a tray and comb and everything else that goes with the baby set. Everything, practically, but the baby. Better buy the outfit than try to go without the brush, but it is still wiser to supply yourself with the brush in time. You can buy it separately in the large cities. Never put your mirror in your makeup box, for powder and grease will ruin the best mirror made. The mirror furnished with the Ned Wayburn professional makeup box is almost non-breakable. 
it is clear as well as strong and in every way one of the best for its purpose it will stand up where you want it never make up while in your street clothes or in stage costume a drop of cosmetique on satin slippers or silk stockings will never come out a washable kimono or bathrobe is the best garment to wear long fingernails will cut and ruin thin stockings don't ever wear the fingernails pointed in using the venus 6b pencil to darken the upper eyelids use the side and not the point of the pencil do not use a pencil sharpener for it leaves too sharp a point keep your pencil free from grease wipe it often rouge will fade under bright lights much depends upon the condition of one's health as to how long rouge will keep its colour on the face there will be certain times when rouge will disappear rapidly and you will have to renew the outer rouge perhaps before the act is over do not throw powder at your face nor rub it in or smear it pat it on gently with the pad and use the blending brush the tiny dot of rouge placed on the inner corner of each eye is to fix the distance of the eyes apart when the eyes are finished they should appear to be about the distance of one eye apart rarely is makeup used in the nostrils a big nose will look very wide if made up but a small and very straight nose can stand a very little number eighteen rouge in the nostril not lip rouge which would be too dark but it is very seldom that the nostrils are made up unless very careful in removing makeup your face will feel raw and chafed when you go out in the wind take time and plenty of cold cream in the removal of makeup and dry and powder your face before exposing it to the outdoor weather if you wish you can leave the mascaro on the eyelids working over and under it in removing the rest of the makeup and so use the mascaro on the street on matinee days you will see shadowy eyes on the broadway as some of the ladies of the cast keep the mascaro on till the evening performance end of chapter twenty recording by ashley jane